words are how others define us but we can choose to define ourselves in any way we choose my self worth is not linked to the cool mockery and actions of others my self esteem is not affected by the deliberate attempts to destroy my character they have no power over me hello everyone we are your hosts and interns with anon global foundation for over a year anvesha jain and Riddhi Chaudhary from Jagannath Institute of Management Studies and City Montessori School, respectively. And welcome to today's episode: Bullying, a scar for life, or a lesson of strength, where we'll discuss how students are hounded for being misfits or a contrast to the conventional, their stories, and also attempt to answer some questions dealing with the same theme. So we have Miss Ruchi Seni, Indian psychologist based in the U.S., as our guest. Welcome, ma'am. How are you doing today? I'm. Thank you, Avesha, and hi, Riddhi. Uh, good to see you again. Uh, how are both of you doing? We are doing great as well, and of course, glad to have you here with us. Um, thank you. As I know, it is actually National Stop Bullying Day in the United States on 12th October. and since you are also from the us it is actually the perfect time to talk about this topic many of us have been exposed to bullying at least once in our lives although in different forms and stages of our life where we could have been the one being bullied the bully themselves or perhaps a bystander it can make the victim seem insecure humiliated and it even has the power to alter lives damaging people's mental health mom the question for you have you ever experienced bullying in any form and at the time how did you respond to it great question so i don't remember getting bullied as a child from other peers but as i grew up and got involved more and more in psychology and started studying about it i did notice that it could have been a little better if the adults around me would have uh, not talked about how i was doing good in one area of my life and how i was not doing good in other area of life publicly i would have appreciated it more but then i also think back in a day um, i think the adults were also not um, i'll say very knowledgeable about that what is the psychological impact of being bullied whether by the peers or the adults themselves so i think they were that was the only way that i could think of that our um, parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles and neighbors knew how to encourage a child nahi padhna hai ye kar lo so um, i think there was a element of it but that was not intentional so i can't actually i cannot say it was a bullying but definitely embarrassing yes i understand i am also kind of curious that back in that situation you didn't really know how you could you know tackle these kind of situations but now knowing what you know now how do you think you would handle it if i go back first of all i think the initiation was more uh, by adults but i if i was knowledgeable and a little a person who could speak up for myself i could have said that dad mom or aunt or uncle or grandpa or grandma uh can we talk about this when we are in my room or in in when we are studying uh instead of other people because nobody has ever helped other than my own parents they were very helpful in a way 
and my grandparents, but other people were just spectators that, okay, the child is being like, you know? So um, I think I would have talked with them if I knew any better, but I was also not knowledgeable. So that was very enlightening to understand from the perspective of a professional, you know, tackling similar situations that I as a student have been in. So now let's see the situation through the eyes of a victim. Uh, I have an anecdote here shared by me, shared with me by one of our listeners who wishes to remain anonymous. So shall I go forward with it? That's all right. Yes, absolutely. Please. Okay. So it happened when I was five. I was introduced to a group of girls and they seemed really nice. But after interacting with them, they started to become more controlling towards me. They began hitting me if I mentioned I wanted to go home early and even broke my toys that I brought down to the park to play with. The reason for this? All because I was a chubby kid with shorter hair who, according to them, looked like a boy. But being timid, I kept all of this inside me for years. A part of the reason was because my own parents didn't support me or rather not believe me at all. From then on, I started staying at home all day but it all still continued on for a long eight years until I finally shifted to a new place. The long-term effects showed itself in my lack of openness and reserved behavior, but I am slowly working to reclaim myself in a life away from them. So the question here is, how would you advise the victim to get over it and become a better person? I think first and foremost, um, I'll say I'm sorry that you went through it, that uh, people around you, the adults around you were not able to support you appropriately. Um, how uh, people can uh, support themselves or what could have gone better. Um, I think it in a situation like that, it could have been, you know, that if I wish somebody would have told that, okay, these are your strengths. You know, you stand for yourself. Remember who you are as a person, not what other people are trying to describe you uh, because we are not to be defined by anybody, whether I'm a child or an adult, first and foremost. Uh, and it's actually embedded in our culture. It's not only based on psychology. We come from a very uh, pure, deep culture. So our individuality is our strength. So it, it, it could have been better if parents uh, at a very young age would have told or shared that and they themselves believed in it, that you are who you are. And if people are trying to define you otherwise, you don't need to agree with them, first and foremost. And second, to be able to know how to defend yourself without obviously attacking others or getting attacked. It's, I think the personal, personal respect uh, or mutual respect, these are a few very basic things which I believe um, every uh, family unit uh, should talk in the, you know, during just like casual family meetings on Sunday. It's very important. We cannot say like, bache hain, koi baat nahi. Uh, they are fine, you know, bade uh, okay nahi karenge. No, it, it doesn't work like that. The impact is very, very long. And you mentioned eight years. I mean, those years are our foundation years. Instead of you thinking like a free bird, I am wondering, instead of developing that way, you would have 
probably you went into the shell, like you said, and instead of exploring, or I'm good at this, or, um, uh, you know, people like me, you went into like how to protect myself day and night. I think that's very unfair and very painful. So um, uh, actually parents and teachers can play a huge part in establishing few things at home that no matter what happens, even if we get upset with you, even if we disagree with you, come talk to us and you can complain about others to us. At least one parent can do it if both are not available. Uh, it's very important because for a child, parents, grandparents are the whole world. And yes, teachers too. Uh, but if they are not able to do that, then the kid will feel very uh, isolated or powerless. And that doesn't work well for anybody, whether you are a five-year-old or a 50-year-old, it's not going to work. Powerlessness, hopelessness, not a good idea. Yes, ma'am, understand. Communication really is, I think, the building point to all of this. And another Very question, good. yeah, another question that I thought, like, I had somewhat relating to the story shared. Um, having traits that are, you know, thought to be valued by others, attractiveness, and all that kind of stuff, it is equated with, you know, success in life or other positive social outcomes. But when someone lacks any one of these qualities, how should they deal with the disapproval of the peer group? Can we not do something about society standards itself? Absolutely. You know, when you, uh, when you talk about the presentation of a person, again, think it's very important in our families and schools to discuss about like I am an individual and or a person and whatever is around me, my studies, my looks, my behavior is addition to me. When the person in itself is um, well taken care of by family unit and teachers and uh, friends for that matter, that person will be confident. As far as the societal standards are, I think parents or teachers want everybody to be happy and healthy. But these standards of looking good or um, uh, being a chubby kid or uh, not being a or too skinny kid. I have heard about stories from both the ends. Uh, you know, you are very skeleton kind or you're very chubby. These are all, um, uh, you know, lack of knowledge from the other set of parents talking to their own children. You know, telling your own children or informing them in such a way that um, uh, you know, that if you are looking good, you are the best on the planet. How about other people's intelligence? How about a person's um, ability to be loving and caring for others who wants to, uh, you know, uh, pursue uh, or uh, contribute to the community? How about that respect? Why the looks are so important? I sometimes wonder, is it like our own society that is doing this? Or is it coming from somewhere else? It's a very big question that, because I, I don't remember, I mean, I know I'm much older, uh, but I don't remember actually somebody talking about, um, uh, you know, that uh, you need to be skinny or you need to have a good figure or all they said was like, just be healthy, slightly athletic, right? And do 
do your best in studies and get to a good college. So I, I, still, I still wonder where is this coming from? You know, we are um, in our, again, in our families, in our culture, we are a culture of intellects. So our strength is intelligence. Our strength is the community feeling. Our strength is that uh, we look out for each other. I wonder where is this coming from? Uh, is it like a contribution of cable TV, which started in 90s? <laughs> so that's a bigger question. Maybe some other day to talk about. I mean, it is ironic given that our country has one of the best known scholars. We're still fixated upon the physical appearance of people, right? So another question that is like, I myself have thought about it. Why do bullies bully in the first place? What do they get out of it? Are they trying to fill some void or they just feel happy degrading others? So what's your opinion on that? Absolutely. I think you already mentioned that. So uh, bullies are the people, in uh, my opinion, who do not have their own very good self-esteem, who do not respect themselves, who do not have anything to look up to. So uh, they want power of other, they want to put other people down so that they look good or they feel good. I think it is also, uh, it, it happens a lot when people see other people succeeding or doing better and uh, because they cannot do it. So the only way uh, or only tool they have is bullying. So this is the social part of it. If you think from a neuroscientific uh, uh, you know, perspective, whenever a person bullies other person, they get a kick out of it. So neuroscientifically, that means when they bully other people, there are chances that they are releasing dopamine. Because so to make it easy, there is a chemical or a hormone in our uh, system that needs to be released every now and then. So when people bully other, they get a temporary kick, but then their levels again drop. So they find somebody else. So there is a social perspective. Somebody who is not like them, they will bully. Somebody who is doing better than them, they will bully. I'm saying in study, somebody who is probably better looking than them, they will bully. Um, or somebody who has a, a very caring, uh, somebody who is a caring person or somebody who is liked by teachers or other peers, they will bully. Because if there is a class of, let's say 50 students, out of that only four or five will be the bully. Other people will be like, okay, the class is going, we are here to study and to do our sports and debates and declamation, we don't want to get into it. This is this bunch of people who do not have anything um, th that they can look up to. So the easy target will be the good students or somebody who is doing better than them. So it's a power play. It's uh, what they see at home. Maybe something is going on in their own home uh, that uh, they feel better this way because there is nothing they can feel better at home. So it could be, I mean, that could be totally uh, another additional whole topic to talk about like what goes into bully's mind because they themselves are not doing well. That I can assure you. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yes, that was very interesting. Uh, like uh, what you said, I noticed that it mainly is a very outspoken minority of bullies, the four or five people out of the class. And uh, I have also heard that like in culture and society, they also play a role in the manner of bullying. Like 
in india bullies really harass their victim by attacking them physically in contrast to in the us where fights break out more often than india although that could be just what uh, is portrayed by the media we consume so do you think that surrounding environment and the values of culture or the type of bullying that takes place in most communities and also how can these specific types of bullying be intervented by the teachers or peers i think uh, there is a lot of education that needs to be done and when i say education i'm not saying classes obviously i'm talking about you know maybe the coaches the sports people in the school system or at home parents taking initiative uh you know this chalta hai attitude i am very against it uh you know when parents think hamare bacche ko to tang nahi kar raha we don't need to talk about it like but how can you guarantee that that's not going to happen you might be good your kid might be good in school what about college what about office do you think bullying stops at offices no it doesn't it's just it becomes sophisticated right so back to the school system uh intervention again will first of all you know empowering students all of them second uh knowing about the signs of what are the bullying because bullying is not only physical i'm sure you know it's physical it's emotional it's verbal and i think physical bullying you can still see you know imagine somebody hits me and my wound heals i can actually my brain can gather that okay my wound is healed i am okay but how about emotional wounds how about verbal wounds and they stay longer and they mess up with our system our brain system more so uh, it's very important for teachers and students to talk to uh, the uh, this uh, i mean the parents to talk to their children and students first and foremost second if they are witnessing something somebody must and at least an adult has the power no matter where you are to say that this is an inappropriate behavior if you have a problem sit together talk to your parents or bring somebody else or I, if i can help you let me know uh so adults can play a big role when it comes to peers you can always you know uh, as a peer it's very very important to stand with your friend or your peer who is being bullied and if you cannot do that in the moment uh, maybe the other party is too big don't just say like we cannot do anything ask for help uh you know call 100 or uh if you are around the school campus uh, you know run to get a teacher principal if you are on the road ask an adult it's better to try than not to try if you ask two adults one might help you it's it's very important because you know you are on the right side so having this definition of that i am doing the right thing that i am standing up and from parents perspective teachers perspective this is going to be a a combination of interventions which is going to work only teacher only parents and only peers cannot do it alone it is our collective responsibility to uh, protect the child and to educate the child that this is the appropriate behavior this is inappropriate behavior and on the side note i will say if the parents are listening if you disagree if you are upset with your kid please do not physically 
beat them up or punish them because this is exactly what bully will always look for because the moment we start to punish our own children in our own home which is supposed to be the safest plane uh, place on the planet uh, they probably will think that if we did something wrong and if somebody beats us or screams and yells us that's okay because parents have been doing it so please don't do that if you are still engaging in it we just cannot do that to our children that's my humble request yes ma'am definitely bullying is such a i think complex problem it, it's not like it does not have any kind of like a quick and easy fix right it is really important to understand the unique behavior of the child or the individual and intervene according to that specific situation definitely um i have another question as well uh in recent times the world has become friendlier to the lgbtq plus community but we do still see them being mistreated if they don't follow the societal gender roles imposed upon them if supposedly a woman acts or presents herself as masculine or a man acts or presents himself as feminine irregardless of their sexual orientation or their gender identity they are treated differently than others how can we as students or parents or teachers that um identify themselves with the lgbt community find a supportive and safe environment and like if we students or whoever is facing bullying we try and like you know contact a teacher most of them are usually afraid of the possible intolerant attitude present you know adults they can be intolerant so they are kind of hesitant to go up and ask these sort of things what do you suggest my suggestion still will be it's very important to start the uh, use the education tool with the teachers and the parents to begin with because see children are children i'm not saying they don't have power i'm saying adults have more power so when the powerful people so called are not educated are not accepting are not able to understand identify and uh, differentiate if there are any uh, needs which needs to be taken care of then even if kids are or children are trying to express themselves or to come out or to stand for themselves there will there it's going to be a huge gap right so uh, the starting would be and i think arti uh, and uh, anon foundation is doing a great job um on educating parents and teachers they i see all the time they go out and talk to the whole school the teachers and everything so it is going to happen on one hand on the uh, second hand we also need to understand that this is still comparatively a new concept a new phenomena it is going to take some time you know if the adults can be patient with children children can also be a little bit patient with adults it's going because this is going to be mutually benefiting phenomenon if this is educated and accepted in a healthier way so it is very important again the powerful people teachers parents grandparents and all the adults in the community to get themselves educated and if they can find a workshop or a discussion panel great if not everything is available on the google 
please read, educate yourself. I'm not saying that you need to educate yourself on parenting skill, but if your child, um, uh, you know, needs uh, more education, uh, like you need more education for your child, please go ahead, take it. If I have a child, if my child has uh, some kind of, uh, you know, whether it's a uh, in a different way, let's say the child is not good in maths or the child is, uh, you know, introvert or the child is LGBT. It's just a different personality kind. I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, sabke bache karte hain, tum bhi kar lo. No, we, we, we need to understand our own child. Uh, you know, you gave birth to the child. You need to understand that. So um, it is very, very important to get educated. Education is the power. Whether it is life, whether it is relationship, whether it is career, that I can tell you. Yes, um, I really like that the end when you ended it with education is power. <laughs> and um, it really is, I think, a common theme around your answers that it begins with adults because it is like not you said, um, like you said that students, it's not like they cannot do it or they aren't as powerful but adults definitely do have a bit more influence than them. And it is a tough situation to tackle. Yes, yes. because I think adults, uh, why I'm uh, sharing or saying that adults can really contribute in a big way is because, you know, um, clearly children have a lot more knowledge these days. Um, you know, if I'm talking to a 16 year old, uh, where I was 16 year old, they just blow my mind. I love it when I talk to them. They are so smart, so intelligent, so aware of the things happening uh, around them and around the world. It is amazing. But I don't forget that, you know, even though they are all so knowledgeable and everything, I am the adult. They kind of sort of still look for my... Um, for lack of better word, approval or verification that what they are thinking or studying or reading or expressing is okay and is the right way. So if I am not knowledgeable, if I don't have the skills or if I am not able to express myself in a proper way, how can I help a 16 year old or a 18 year old who is still growing, whose brain is still developing? Am I not going to say that you are thinking right? I can't do that. I so I need knowledge to uh, to kind of approve. So this has been a very interesting and a very knowledgeable episode for me. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Inner Voice Counseling, ma'am. It was a pleasure to have you and uh, talk to you today. Thank you, Avesha. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Anne on Streams with your host, Anvesha Jain and Riddhi Chaudhary. If you enjoyed this, follow our podcast, Anne on Streams on Spotify and tune into our next episode. Thank you.